The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Well, that tea after, uh, after our talk is going to be really good. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> So I am, um, let's see this. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about causes and conditions and how, how we can <clears throat> keep ourselves kind of on track to... Um, cultivate or to, to nourish um, skillful actions or right actions or wise actions, whatever word resonates for you, you can use, okay? Um, so as, as I was talking, mentioned briefly before, I said that within these ethical factors, the, the abstinence of, of or abstaining from doing some or acting on in some ways is, is what um, is a way of um, protecting, protecting ourselves and others. Uh, so it's all about non-harming these ethical factors, uh, wise action. Um, Right action prevent us from acting on our impulses. And there are some impulses that may come out of a motivation of greed, a motivation of aversion, hatred, or um, delusion, or ignorance. So we have that motivation sometimes within Buddhism, we call them the roots. We call them uh, greed, hatred, and delusion. And um, then we have the intentions that come out of those motivations, uh, those causes. What do we want? And then we say, okay, I, I want this. And then we engage into, into some type of action through our body and our speech. And we do the action. And then we see consequences. So our actions are consequential. And for me, that has been a big thing to remember. It's been one of those things that have prevented me of moving, moving forward into some actions that maybe at some points I, have, um, I would have regretted. So, um, right action also protects us from those consequences that come from those impulses and that can cause harm uh, to others, not only ourselves. So, for example, uh, Tanya talked about killing. The cause for killing could be hate could be resentment, could be anger. Um, for stealing, the cause may be greed. It may be a belief that we don't have enough or a belief that, you know, I don't have enough and I have to find a way to, to get it. Or maybe there's some kind of intention that says... You know, there are many different ways. There's, there's many different ways, and, and it becomes complicated. So it's really important to take these um, within the context of our own circumstances because there are many people that may be in situations that have been taking those actions and um, we all have our own circumstances. So... Um, I practice in San Quentin also, and 
and I just, in my mind, arise the vision and the image of these dear men that are part of my Sangha, that um, they've been in different circumstances um, and that have engaged in, you know, some, some of these actions. And, and so um, there's different ways in which we can take this. Uh, behind sexual misconduct, there could be also a variety of of causes, and uh, but mainly there's a there's a an element of of delusion and ignorance and maybe fear, uh, or maybe other other beliefs. So what do we do when some of these impulses are hard to control? What do we do in the midst of things when we are in a moment of big anger or in a moment of a strong, strong desire? What do we do? So um, Tanya mentioned the precepts. The precepts are training guidelines. And I think that um, that's where they come handy. For those moments that really we, we are having a very hard time uh, choosing in how to move forward with an intention. So when I started practicing, at the beginning I had a strong reaction to all the no's, not to kill, not to um, steal, not to, not to, the, the, there was something about it that I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to do this even, you know, I have not done some of these things, but it, there was a strong reaction tightness in the body. So there are different ways in which these training guidelines are phrased, and through my practice, I have learned that Whatever was useful and skillful for me to stay in the path, for me to feel aligned to my values of non-harming, to my values of um, to, to um, practicing the Four Noble Truths, to, to um, recognizing how important it was for me to practice an intention of compassion, of letting go of clinging, of goodwill. Um, I learned that however I could phrase those precepts, those guidelines, it was okay. As I continue practicing, there was a moment in which the not, not to engage in certain behavior really came handy. It was, I, I was really surprised. Wow, there are different ways into hold this practice. We are beginners. I am a beginner here by listening. Oh, okay, now not to kill, not to steal, not to do, not to engage in sexual misconduct. Um, it makes sense. Um, those moments in which there's this strong, attraction towards someone else, you know, and I see myself, oh my gosh, <gasps> that person glows. Oh, and you know, it's like, it's like, ah, all these fantasies and, you know, lust and, you know, we all, have you been there? I'm sure. No, you have not, right? So those moments are like, wow, I'm very grateful for not to engage in mis a, a sexual misconduct. And what does that mean? It means framing it in another way to respect, to respect others and to, to, um, to show some kind of appreciation for these human being or for any other relationships that are present for that person and for me. So...
don't um, underestimate, please, the different ways in which you can phrase the teachings so that you can use them to your benefit and to keep you in a path of non-harming and well-being for yourself. Um, so the other, the other um, way in which we can uh, support ourselves and others is also by continuing practicing mindfulness. You know, there's some hard moments too, and there are other moments that mindfulness, mindfulness will be enough to keep, to keep me on track, to keep you on track. Um, there may be moments in which asking questions, what is this? Just like when we're practicing, what is this? What is here in this present moment? What, what is the intention? Sometimes not taking action is the best action. Sometimes staying within your intention and processing that internally, that may be the best action you can take. And sometimes it may be useful to see, look back at the end of the day and see how did you leave your day today and see what were the outcomes for today. What were the results? And there may be sometimes that you may see actions or outcomes that they may not resonate. Well, that's not what I meant. That was not my intention. That may be a moment of reflection, a moment of, okay, what is here? If there was my intention, I may have had a good intention. There may be other competing intentions. There may be some greed, hatred, or delusion, or ignorance, or aversion somewhere else there. So those moments are also useful. Another, um, I love this one. The other uh, useful, useful tool is to act out of uh, opposite intentions, referring from negative intentions, act on the opposite, which would be positive intentions or, po or uh, motivations. So, for example, for greed, we can choose to act our, out of generosity. So this is something I, I really like because it, you can feel it in your body. The physicality of it is incredible. If there's like your favorite dessert or your favorite, you know, dinner, and you go out or you're eating dinner, that favorite thing with a friend, and you say, do you, want, do you want some? Do you want more? Or do you want to share? I've been with friends say, no, I don't want to share. <laughs> or, yes. So immediately, if you feel that tightness, that's a great opportunity for practicing generosity. I remember a dear friend of mine that was on retreat, and at the end of the retreat at IRC, she came and said, um, the physicality of the generosity of this place is the, is the, is the biggest teaching that I have, I'm taking with me out of IRC. The physicality. How did it feel in her body? How did it feel for her? How did she saw it expressed through others? In my experience here at IMC, it's a beautiful thing to see how it feels great for some, uh, how it feels great before giving, how it feels great while you're giving, and how it feels great after giving. How, you know, I went through a period of time which I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to, to concentrate my, my, 
practice in practicing generosity and see really being very mindful how did it feel to give or how did it feel to receive from beginning in the middle until the end. For hate, we can practice or aversion or maybe something even less. You know, even those teeny tiny sensations or small feelings that, oh, I don't like this. Um, we can practice goodwill. You know, we can start with being open and then continuing to goodwill and then continuing to love. Love may be too much at some point. <laughs> um, but there are different, you know, there are different ranges to all these different ways of practicing in a way that support our well-being and the uh, well-being of others. For delusion, for ignorance, uh, we can practice mindfulness. We can really be present when we're talking to someone, listening, what it is that you want to say to me, what it is that I want to say to you. So um, acting on the opposite intention, if that intention is unskillful, may, may come very... Um, may be beneficial. For sexual misconduct or for compulsion, within that context, again, respect. Respect for oneself, respect for others. Um, setting our own guidelines, be honest, this is where I'm at, this is where you're at. You know, every kind of circumstances from wine night stands to long-term relationships to committed relationships it is, or, or not even um, having any kind of physical exchange. You know, sexual uh, misconduct can be expressed in different ways, um, not only through the touching physical aspect, but... Um, through other senses. Okay. It takes patience and um, you know, just just reflecting today about this topic of, of wise action, it, it is an amazing thing that we're all here. We're in the middle of the path. We're showing up. It's incredible. This is a radical thing, what you're doing. Showing up, taking on, being open to explore a different way of living, a different way of engaging in your life. So with that, I encourage you to, to take moments of, of, to take a pause, to, to be patient with yourself because we are human beings. You know, there are gonna be moments in which we like, okay, here we are, some of you mention it. Oh, I, I did something I, I now I don't feel good about. Or reflecting or analyzing or how, what I'm supposed to be doing. Or sometimes we cannot make a decision on how to act. Um, but keeping at it little by little and being in Sangha. That is another amazing beautiful thing that we have. Having a spiritual friend where you can go and say, this is what happened. What do I do? What do we do when we go out of track? We just go back to the present moment. We practice mindfulness. We see how we want to make amends, uh, how we want to continue our path. 
and how we want to cultivate cultivate a better way to do things you know we we will make mistakes it's part you know if it is if i don't know if if we don't make mistakes how i it's, it's kind of weird is i don't know if it's kind of weird not to make mistakes don't you think yeah <laughs> so um So patience. Um, wise action also are those things that we do independent of any external conditions. Independent of the outcome, we don't know no matter how many times we're like, okay, this is what I want to get. This is what, how I want to things to be, you know. But we really don't know. Sometimes I think I know. Sometimes I'm so naive. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm in control. And there is like completely a whole different thing of what I was expecting, right? Um, so there's another... Another, um, and I think I, I, I will tell you more now about the, me the benefits of practicing uh, wise action. Um, there is the cultivation of loving kindness and equanimity. The equanimity... Um, mm, the equanimity to be in the middle of your path, even in a very difficult situation, and feeling at peace with where you're at, even though when you don't like the outcome. Not to be against or in favor, but just to say, you know, this is how it is. And that's it. And still, even though you didn't get that result that you wanted, you still carry your intention of cultivating kindness, of cultivating compassion for others, of cultivating letting go of clinging. So the benefit of being equanimous, of being kind to yourself and others, including those people that we don't like very much or being at peace with um, people that we do like very much but sometimes drive us crazy. <laughs> um, the benefit of cultivating joy, cultivating ease, positive states of mind. Um, another benefit is, and I think that Tanya touched in some ways about this, but this, this word of integrity, of feeling whole, complete within yourself, independent of what happens outside, Feeling connected to yourself in that sense, feeling connecting to, connected to others, others that are close to you, but I'm talking about connected to the world, you know, connected to, to the joy and connected to, to in a compassionate way, to, to understanding the suffering of others. Another benefit, being, being considered trustworthy. You know, when we cultivate safety in our communities and cultivate that sense of taking a moment before acting, we, we inspire trust, we inspire respect. And, and we give examples. It's a model for others to follow the same actions. 
So um, I want to finish. Can you hold the microphone for me, Tanya? I have a. I'm still working on equanimity with the ear microphone. So, um, oh, here I can do it. Thank you, I can do it. So in terms of the benefits and, and these positive states of mind, and um, I wanted to read this to you. It comes from Maha Gosananda. And Maha Gosananda is still, he passed, he passed in the late 80s, but he's considered the father of Cambodia. And he came back to Cambodia after the genocide that happened in that country out of um, their uh, regime that they had. And so this is what he said to the people of Cambodia. The suffering of Cambodia has been deep. From this suffering comes great compassion. Great compassion makes a peaceful heart. A peaceful heart makes a peaceful person. A peaceful person makes a peaceful family. A peaceful family makes a peaceful community. A peaceful community makes a peaceful nation. And a peaceful nation makes a peaceful world. May all beings live in happiness and peace. So, through your actions, cultivate those positive states of mind so that you can offer a peaceful place, a peaceful heart to others. Um, so, we're going to move on now into... Tanya, you're really great about explaining the group. Yeah, let me do it. <laughs> okay. So, we're um, going to break up into another um, small group activity. And we're going to do groups of three this time. So, um, if you could do that, that'd be great. Just um, groups of three and... But there's, we'll see where we end up. There might be another, an odd group, so. If anybody is, um, is there anybody besides these two that are missing a? I got a group. You got just two? Okay. That's fine. That works. Okay. Great. Okay. So we're going to do sort of a similar thing, but um, it won't be exactly the same. Um, first of all, uh, just to sort of say that you'll have, there's two roles in the group. One is speaking and the other is listening. And when you're listening, your job is not to plan what you're going to say. Okay? Just a reminder. Just to let yourself listen and open up to whatever people are sharing and allow whatever comes forward to come forward when it's your turn. There's no right or wrong. It's just, you know, this is just for you to allow yourself to, to be present for each other. It's really a gift to listen to other people and, and then to be present for yourself when it's time to sh for you to speak. <clears throat> so the first question that you will explore together in a similar way, you don't need to start in the same way, but just the, the general exploration are what are the benefits um, of non-harming, considering both self and other? And in particular, I'd be very, I would really like to encourage you to think about experiences that you've actually had. So when you haven't harmed, what were the benefits to you? and the benefits to others. Without going into the, the, the full story, right? We need to keep this a word or a sentence or a phrase, you know, one person at a time. But what are the benefits of non-harming? All right, so the person with the darkest socks will start. <laughs> Yeah.
Take a deep breath. Maybe just silently appreciate yourself and your partners for sharing reflections. And let go of this question. And the next question is, what are the benefits of not taking things that are not offered? And again, my invitation is to think about both yourself and for others, as well as to think about an actual experience that you have had and continue with whoever was speaking last. Okay, take another deep breath, please. Just take a moment to check in with how you're feeling in your body. And maybe silently express gratitude for, again, your sangha here, for your sharing and your reflections. And when you're ready, you can receive this next question, which is, what are the benefits of restraint from sexual misconduct for both yourself and for others? And again, I invite you to reflect on any personal experience. Please continue. Okay, so take a deep breath. (sighs) And thank your partners before moving back to the circle, the large group. You're going to need this next. So we're going to take a moment to take some feedback and sort of reflections on this um, exercise. And um, I want to open it up to any of the other reflections on the other exercise or the talks. And then we're going to move into a question and answer period um, before we kind of do a little closing for the day. So, um, So... If you check in with yourself and think about where we've been. So you came in, we had a guided sit, we talked about right action, so not um, harming others, not taking what's not offered, not causing or not acting in um, not harming ways sexually. We reflected on integrity, ethics. You guys had discussions about acting according to ways that felt ethical and unethical. Bruni talked about the different ways, skillful means, skillful ways of avoiding acting in harmful ways benefits and what we can what we can use in, in in the path to support ourselves spiritual friends um, positive states of mind um, the precepts training guidelines uh, practicing goodwill, generosity, compassion. And then you just shared with each other about your own experiences, about the benefits of non-harming, right action. So, 
Where, where does that leave you? What, what sort of connections or observations do you have and reflections that you might like to share with the group? It's on, but it's not. Um, So something has been growing inside me throughout the day, um, and it became very clear to me in this last exercise, especially around the one practicing non-harming, and it's um, what distinguishes these training precepts or training practices from ethical rules or moral conduct. And they don't work without mindfulness. Um, uh, they just become things to do. And so for, and there's you know, a whole range of experience in this room of people doing this practice from a few weeks to many, many years. And uh, speaking for myself, the way they work is not by doing, uh, by, uh, um, I I take the precepts, but the way they work is not by um, doing the right action as much as it is by being mindful of actions in general and being aware of what's happening when I'm acting unskillfully, when I'm acting when I'm breaking the precepts, not intentionally breaking them, just doing them. I have a lifetime, for instance, of taking, as many people here do, of taking what's not offered. Um, It doesn't seem a problem because I create all kinds of gymnastics in my mind to make it okay. And it's only when I'm mindful and start to see the gymnastics, I start to see how my mind becomes unsettled by what I'm doing. And so then the value of right action becomes valuable. And it becomes that way incrementally, piece by piece. Following the rules by themselves um, is just following the rules. It needs mindfulness um, with it. Beautiful. Thank you. Right in front of you, Arthur. I understand also that everything begins with mindfulness, and with that is the awareness of mindfulness. Now, not taking what's not yours, that can also be in thought, how you look at someone, how long you're looking at somebody, what you're looking at, what you're thinking. You know, they they talk about the monkey mind, and so much of my being runs like the autonomic nervous system. Whereas stuff happens, and before I even am aware of this stuff, it's like, if you're studying me, it's, it's like, how come, how come I don't realize it if you all realize it? So I don't mean to be hyper self-critical, but, you know, just so much of interaction with myself and with other people is just this blather and just this this lifelong maladaptive nonsense of continuing to do things that really don't work in my benefit and i am almost like obsessed with like okay i shouldn't be doing that i shouldn't be and then i i go onto something else so i don't even know what i'm saying other than i think to be aware is to be mindful and to be, I mean, to be mindful and to be mindful means to be aware. But sometimes I just don't have it. Sometimes I just, it's not there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's working. And, and, you know, for those times, sometimes I, I've been there. For sometimes that is just too much. It's just great to have spiritual friends that can support us, you know, is, is, and, and to be kind to ourselves. So, yeah, it's, it's not straightforward. It takes patience and, and kindness for 
ourselves. Thank you. Thank you. So I am really just very appreciative of the exercises. I feel like they really helped me to connect what you started out with around uh, creating safety for self and others. And I've heard that and I know that in some context, but I never really connected it to this, mm. uh, this factor. And through the exercises, I began to really see how mm. refraining from things actually can create a sense of freedom for myself and for others and that that does create some safety. And so the image that came to my mind that, I, that I'm now connecting is I gather there was some study once of children in a play yard where there was fences around and all of the children were freely running around and, and exploring every little nook and cranny in the yard. And then the grown-ups took the fences down, thinking that that would create more opportunity for exploration and curiosity, and actually all of the kids clustered together in the middle because they were scared without the boundaries, and they didn't explore as much. And so there's some way that I feel like the, these precepts maybe are the, uh, the, 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 the boundaries that enable us to be freely exploring and curious and... and have that sense of freedom. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. If you hold on. This first, and then you can go. Yeah. Right there. Okay. Oh, I, there. Okay. Oh, like this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just wondering. Um, the uh, there there. Are Five items for the precepts. There are actually five precepts, right? Intoxication is like one of them. Why wouldn't it be under right action? Why do we only say that there's no killing or um, stealing and sexual misconduct? Why can't we include the other two actions like lying and in intoxication under right action. <laughs> yeah, Richard, you wanted to answer that, Richard? Is that what you're... Well, I can make a comment on it. I don't know if I can answer it, but uh, right speech, which is not bearing false witness, so to speak, not 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 right is right prior to wise action so it's sort of built into the eightfold path in that way in terms of intoxication it's about heedfulness or heedlessness right mm -hmm. and so if you let yourself reflect on that where does that fit in the eightfold path for you yeah mindfulness right being mindful so if we take intoxicants or drugs or whatever uh, e even other things like being addicted to gambling or teaching or, or TV or whatever are not so helpful yeah so and um, for intoxicants um, I, I you can see it also like like Richard was talking about through wise action or, or through actions um, through your body, through how we act when we get intoxicated. So in that way, is implied in wise action. And uh, Bhante G talks about, um, about that precept in, in the book that, um, what is the name of the book? Mindfulness, Eight Steps to Mindfulness. So uh, there's more discussion there. Liz, Liz, and then over here. What strikes me in, in all the conversations we've had today is how much time we save through wise action. Because when I think about all the uh, regret and rumination and all of the things that flow out of 
unwise action, I'm like, wow, what a lot of time and suffering got wasted there. Whereas when, when wise action is present, it's clean, it's quick, it feels calm and relaxed, and you know, you're on to the next moment. What, what came up for me with all of this discussion today was that uh, when we feel that somebody has harmed us, and, and well, I'll speak for myself, when I have felt somebody did something to me that hurt me, and to not respond in a way that was in revenge or retaliation um, has been really difficult and and when it comes down to it it really it takes two people to start a war and in society though there's there feels like sometimes such a rush to judgment and one-upmanship and any number of ways in which n- Viewing the nonviolent person as a patsy or somebody that is going to get run over for their nonviolence. And so, balancing out, looking out for yourself and standing up for yourself, but in a way that is nonviolent, is, is a really delicate balancing act at times. And yet you still, I still feel like I need to tell that person, no, you can't do that to me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to share um, what, what, what came to me during those exercises was I actually had to kind of close my eyes and really go back to those moments and remember how it felt in my body at that time. Um, And I realized that, you know, I I probably felt those uh, bodily sensations, but I just kind of, you know, let them go, didn't pay attention to them and acted on the the impulse. So it was really um, kind of an important realization that it's really... Uh, the mindfulness of the body and the sensations, and that's what will lead to these right actions. Beautiful. Thank you. Hi. I just wanted to speak specifically to sexual misconduct because it's really easy to think of it in an active way, something you're doing um, that could have negative consequences if you're not being honest about your actions. But... To me, it's equally important to view it as not being honest and not being open, particularly in a relationship. If you aren't communicating what you want and what you need, if you're not doing anything, that's still a form of misconduct. And I think people don't always think of that when they're contemplating it. And that the largest issue is not the sex. It's the the misconduct. It's the lack of honesty and communication that's the actual problem. So... Thank you. Um, thank you very much to both of you. Um, Bruni just reminded me about that this is a daily practice and I have to be patient with myself. Um, two things that I am using, and I'm going to reflect more about it. I am, sometimes I feel like in the last two months, I am in the limbo about taking an important decision in my life. However, today, I think I understand that I am taking my time to analyze more the intentions. And I am not rushing myself for the first time. I am not acting on impulses and probably harming others or harming myself with my unwise action. So... Today, it was a great session because of that particular um, decision that I have to make. And I'm just going to take my time and work work on understanding my my intentions, basically. So, thank you.
I would like to ask a question that wasn't really brought up, something that wasn't brought up today, but what I thought about before I came. And I do uh, social justice volunteer work. And so I was thinking, I was wondering how you would address like the, all the things that we do, like the purchases we make harm people, the way we treat the environment. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was telling my, the first little group, I can make myself neurotic. I mean, thinking mm -hmm. about all the, you know, the different ways that my seemingly innocent actions have an effect on people half a world away. So what is the, yeah. Bruni, do you have a felt response to that? I have one, if you, yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I think one of the things that has helped me is um, to really respect uh, what arises here and now and what I feel, right? So it's that mindfulness, um, but uh, with awareness, you know, sort of, what was it, Arthur, you said, you know, it's not just having the rule, but having mindfulness, you know, sort of the wisdom and mindfulness or compassion and mindfulness together. And that, you know, there's, there is way too much, way too much for me to be able to address, right, in life. And, but some, there are things that become stronger at certain times. And if I trust that wisdom and I follow it and I nourish it, that it grows and then that becomes natural and then something else will rise. And if I trust and nourish, that becomes sort of established and it sort of keeps growing and building like maybe an island that rises up out of the sea. It just it sort of naturally is growing and growing and expanding. And if I take too much time to try and, well, do this over here and over there, instead of getting a big island, I get a lot of puddles right, or little things that are poking up here and there. And if I trust my own natural unfolding and I follow what comes and I really kind of embrace it, 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 it kind of will have its own process. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that was well said. I will, uh, I will just add that You know, going back to what is important to me in, within, within wise view and wise intention have assisted me in making decisions that are beneficial for me, beneficial for others, and beneficial for all. Um, so it's, it's unique for each person. We all have different, different values. We may share some of them. Um, but everyone has their own process of how to discern how, how we use our resources and, you know, different ways. When I go to Puerto Rico to visit my parents, go home, it's a whole different ballgame there. And um, so taking into account everything, like you were saying, what is present. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about resources and um, some of the things that y you mentioned uh, within the next factor. Um, no, yeah. Right livelihood. Right livelihood. So stay tuned. It gets better. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's just take a position. Let's have a short seat. It's been a fruitful if useful um, fruitful and useful and amazing time together here so let's just take a position a posture that supports you that brings you back here Here into the present moment, into your body. This body that reminds you 
through the sensations that you feel. What is, what is important to you? What are your intentions? If you feel relaxed, that may mean that you feel aligned. If you feel tightness, there may be a moment to reconsider. So with everything that is right here, right now, with everything that is here, being mindful of your feelings, of your thoughts, of your breathing. Maybe with all that is present, maybe we can wish to ourselves, may I be at ease and at peace. May I be kind to myself and to others. May I be safe. May I offer safety for others. May all the fruits that we bear today out of our dedication to our practice of listening to others, of witness, of bearing witness, may all the fruits be for the benefits of all beings without exception. all beings everywhere, including ourselves. May all beings be free. May all beings be at ease. May all beings be happy. Thank you for being here. You guys rock. <laughs> Thank you for supporting our practice too. And it's time for tea. And the next... Um, next time is, I think it's February the 14th, isn't it? I'll, I'll find it. 
I'll say it out loud before we'll leave. Is the 14th? Okay. 14, same time, same channel. Thank you.